This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Steeler Nation. This is Chad Brown, and you are listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, with my co-host with the most, Hunter Homestack. Hunter, how you been, man? Awesome, dude. I feel like your intros are always like slightly different, but always hype me up. You're like my hype man. It's always good. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm in the middle of a three-day fast. I'm on day two right now, so I haven't Ooh. had food in a day and a half. Still feeling great. Doing good. Got all the energy for the podcast. <laughs> Maniac. What's the yeah, last was, thing you ate? Uh, last thing I ate was beer on Sunday night watching. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> hey, that's, that, I can hold you off. I've done experiments, Striker. Trust me. You can live off beer for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I want you to check out oh, no. Total Sports Enterprises Did here. I'm going to show you. Did we lose oh. me? Did I lose you? Oh, no. What happened? Well, Are you still I don't alive? know if it's Striker or me, but I think we're having techni- technical difficulties. What are we on? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. I think okay, you're back. Great. You're yeah, back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I still have everything up. So, okay, cool, cool. Okay, that's fine. All right, we're good. We are now. still good, guys. We still have everything, but I want to show everybody the new promotion for Total Sports Enterprises. You can win a. Sorry, you can win a jersey, and the jersey this week will be the uh, Deontay Johnson jersey. And right now, everything on the store or in the store currently is um, 45% off. So jump on tseshop.com. You get 45% off the whole store. And looking right here live with us on Facebook, I'll drag down to the fun one here, which is we are giving away a signed Deontay Johnson custom color rush jersey in honor of the game ceiling touchdowns on yesterday. Uh, to enter, follow us at Total Sports ENT plus retweet this post. Winner announced on Wednesday. Easiest way to win something: follow Total Sports Entertainment, follow or follow Total Sports Enterprises, follow uh, Steeler Nation Podcast at underscore SN Podcast, and retweet it. You get a chance to win a signed DJ jersey. So thank you so much for our sponsor there, Total Sports Entertain- Enterprises, for uh, making sure we are all swagged out for the Steeler season. Perfect. Uh, and, and it's a color happy. rush. Yeah, yeah, color rush too. So we are happy with a Steelers win. It might not have been the prettiest, 
Uh, looked like it was going to be a blowout starting in the game. Uh, we were up 17-3, to knocked out their, their uh, starting quarterback. So, do you think it's going to be a hands-behind-the-head, sipping-a-beer type of game? And, man, it did not become that there, Hunter. Well, that's the thing about the NFL, man. There's no free passes, as they say. That's why they play the games. You never know what's going to happen, man. These, these are all pros. They're all high-level athletes. They know what they're doing. Denver, to their – immense credit Denver made some amazing adjustments at halftime and made that game much closer than it had any business being started kind of picking apart the Steelers across the middle of the field that Noah Fant versus Devin Bush matchup unfortunately did not fall in Bush's favor man Fant was tearing him up which is funny because as we talked about in the preview that was the pick that the Steelers traded for Bush in that trade in the draft they took Noah Fant with that 20th overall pick so it's kind of funny that it was Bush versus Fant and Got to say, Fant won that one, the majority of the reps. Obviously, Devin Bush did do some good stuff in that game, but as far as when he had to match up with Fant one-on-one, it still proved it was a problem. And to ease on Bush a little bit, Fant also did that in week one. He is just coming around as a playmaking tight end in the vein of a Travis Kelsey, maybe a George Kittle, something like that. He's just looking like a very high-level receiving tight end, built more like a receiver. Yeah, he if any, Yeah, if anybody watched that uh, – Monday night game last night reminds me of Darren Waller a lot for the Raiders. They're yeah. built similar, similarly. They play similarly. <laughs> Words super hard to say. But, uh, similarly. <laughs> good to know. But, yeah, man, I mean, overall, you like what you see from the Steelers. You like being 2-0, and obviously. They, they snuck out of there with the win. As much as I see people kind of naysaying and being like, oh, the Steelers always play down to their opposition – yeah. They won. You know, yeah. they still found a way to win despite some late mistakes, some adjustments that needed made. They still won. So if you're not operating at your best and you're still winning games in the NFL, it's actually a positive. <laughs> oh, I know. And going into the game, though, somebody who was playing uh, at a higher level but not as high as the first uh, game that he had was Big Ben. I mean, he upped his attempts. Uh, last week he had 32 attempts. This week he got up to 41 attempts. Uh, 311 yards, two touchdowns with an interception, first 300-yard game since 2018, Hunter. Yeah. And that's and now Ben is number seven. Number seven is now number seven all-time in go. passing yardage, just past Eli, and he's got the uh, – he also passed them for touchdowns because they were tied the previous week. And the big Ben-Tomlin combo just passed Shula and Marino for number three all times for most win by a quarterback head coach combo. Not bad. Not too bad. Racking up the records as as we kind of knew he would do this year if he performed even close to what we expected. And so far he has. You know, I thought he looked pretty good this game. I will say the the interception was just absolutely terrible, which it, it was hilarious because last last week I said there's always that pass that Ben makes and you just shake your head and you're like, what in the world? Like he always has a pick that is just so bad and you're like, what were you seeing? Well, I and, thought that was the first like the first throw, to, throw that he threw to the front corner of the left end zone that he yes. threw to the defender that just dropped it. That was the same. Yeah, that one was exactly yeah. the same. So he got away with one there, but yeah. there were a couple more of those. But on one hand, when we talked about it last week, what I didn't love about that was that it was just such a conservative game plan from him. He was The reason he didn't throw that week one was because he was simply taking zero risk at all. Yeah. So I think this week what we're seeing is him getting a little more comfortable, kind of testing the boundaries of what kind of window he can fit it in, what kind of throws he can still make. So even though he technically probably should have had two picks, I like that we're seeing Big Ben open up a little more. And if you're watching the vidcast, the yeah. rollout to Deontay Johnson in the back it's of the end, 
that's yeah. a, that's as pretty as it gets. And Here's even though replay. watch watch right yeah. here number sixty nine in front Love of him, a rookie, he's going out to <laughs> lead block for Ben. That was amazing. That is, we have that... no one to block. Look around, but still a great throw to DJ. Yeah, and perfect ben, pass, and a little bit behind him actually. DJ made a nice adjustment and got hit. Right yeah, out. yeah, I was just gonna say that. So Ben post game actually said he threw a bad pass there. He wasn't happy with that pass, and if you watch it in slow motion, it was definitely behind Deontay a bit, but still scrambling out, throwing to the back of the end zone like that from Ben. Man, you love to see that. That's exactly I think what Steelers fans have been waiting for. There was a throw a little earlier in the game too that was pretty decent. Striker, can you can you cue that one up? Uh, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> Since you are setting it up, I can cue that up. Uh, we're going to go to the coaching footage here on the, on the Facebook's end of the page. So if, if you're on the Steelers uh, Facebook Steeler Nation page, you can see this as we are discussing it. But there was an interesting play to the rookie, Chase Claypool, on first and 10 on the 26-yard line. Hey, uh, Hunter, why don't you walk us through it? This one is just Extra beautiful. I have actually a cup of espresso right now. It says Niagara Falls, Canada. So the little Canada connection. <laughs> little Canada. Per- there. Perfect right here. So Maple syrup. Right there, the thing I love most about it, Ben took an absolute shot on Yes. That. He knew he was going to get absolutely blasted, but he hung in as long as possible, threw it about 50, 55 yards in the air, just an absolute dime to Claypool. One thing I've seen floating around Twitter is that for sure Claypool pushed off a little bit. Yes, he, he he pushed off about as much as pro receivers do on yeah. go routes. This is pretty standard for a go route. I mean, AB was the king of that. I thought always yes. getting that little extra nudge off. That was a very veteran move from him. I thought I was impressed actually that he went for that and executed it so flawlessly while maintaining obviously his speed and focus. Yeah. Caught it, ran into that. You saw the speed. I mean, as soon as he caught it, it was not even he close. He was gone. Yeah. It, you remind me of Martavis, man. This is what we talked about before the season. That <laughs> have a more dare I say better than Martavis because Claypool gives you that extra added boost of just being a special teams demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just saw a post today on Twitter. I can't remember if it was Teresa Varley or not, but it was one of my the people that I follow with the Steelers end. Um, Claypool had a stat: the second receiver in league history with at least three tackles and 80 yards receiving. That's a hilarious thing. The other one was Josh Cribbs back in 2012. Yeah. Now we have our tackling machine on special teams in Claypool. And another interesting thing about Claypool as well, um, the reason why he continued to play special teams all the way through, even his senior year at Notre Dame, was because he insisted to play on special teams. He did not want to be taken off of special teams. He enjoys it so much. He takes so much pride in it and he knows it can help the team win. And that is the, one of the biggest reasons why the Steelers went out and grabbed him. And Mike Tomlin even mentioned that in the presser today. Yep. That's the most Steelers mentality thing ever. You've got this star receiver who obviously receivers already have the reputation of being the divas of the team. You know, they don't want to get dirty. They want to just go out catch their passes and put up stats. Meanwhile, Chase Claypool is like, I want to go hit people at full speed, please. <laughs> like, let, let me do that. So, and yeah, I mean, you saw at this game, he was everywhere on special teams. It's ridiculous a guy of his size and speed being willing to do it all. Like, it's such an asset for the Steelers. They made out so well that he fell to them, I think. Time will tell exactly how good he is. I'm not ready to say he's better than Martavis. I'll say that because yeah. – I thought Martavis was an absolutely special talent. I thought Martavis and AB were going to be like 
the duo for years to come, just unstoppable. Yeah. But obviously didn't pan out. When Martavis played, I mean, he was just electric. And Claypool has flashed that for sure. So I'm very, very interested to see where it goes. I'll say this, man. Coming into the season, I thought Claypool would finish the fourth receiver on the team in, in most receiving categories. Yeah. He's de- I'm definitely feeling he's going to finish third now. I think he's passed wow. James Washington already as a threat. That's great. That's great to hear. And looking at the game also, we had a different 100-yard rusher this week. It was not Benny Snell. I know Twitterverse, I know Steeler Nation, we were talking about it. A lot of guys are like, we got to bench Connor. We got to put Snell down, play I, the hammer for Snell. And Connor gets 100 yards, 16 carries, 106. Yeah, he had an amazing game. I mean, I do that. I don't know why I do this. Why would I ever count out James Connor? <laughs> that was just, it was stupid of me in hindsight to ever think that Connor couldn't bounce back from adversity because that's all he's done his entire career is yeah. prove people wrong and, and battle through adversity. But it was, it was honestly always less about Connor and more about Benny Snell because I thought Benny looked very good as a rookie. I thought he looked even better in training camp. And then obviously week one looked phenomenal. I simply thought it was Benny's time, but man, you gotta gotta worry about the performance he put in week two. Even even with Connor getting the majority of the reps and playing well, when Benny was in, he wasn't the same as week one. Fumbled again. The fumbling yeah. is a major concern at this point for me. Yeah. You can't you can't two fumbles in two games. I mean, you're just gonna get benched. We might might even end up seeing some more of Anthony McFarland if he keeps it up. So might not be a bad thing either. I'm still interested to see what he's got in the tank, but Benny also was a little late on pass pro a couple times last week, which you hate to see. He was just sloppier all around. It was not his game. I'm interested to see how the Steelers coaches will treat him moving forward. If they put him in the doghouse a little, or if he gets kind of a free pass and is able to, you know, prove himself worthy of more playing time again. And I'm going to take you to, to the, uh, to the coaching film here for everybody on Facebook. Got to take a look at this touchdown from the, from the coaching angles, because this is a telling trait as well. We mentioned uh, Dotson making his first start as a rookie, first start in the uh, NFL. And he had a killer game, and they actually ran the touchdown right here showing to Connor uh, over Dotson, right up Dotson's hole. Uh, If you watch on the back film and even on the side film, he's the only lineman that makes it to the end zone and pushes a man through the end zone. Everybody else is on the other side of of the goal line. That is alignment. So he had a real nice push. Here I'll go. Come back to this for a second. Oh, no, it went fast. But a uh, real nice push coming through, getting his man, pushing him into the end zone to create that hole to have Connor just right up, run right up his butt to get into the end zone. So that was a, a great play by uh, both Connor and, and, uh, and um, Dotson on that play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you love everything that you saw from Dotson. On yeah. Sunday was just beautiful. You couldn't have scripted a better NFL debut, really, especially filling in filling in for a guy like David DeCastro. Those are no small shoes to fill. And I think if, if you didn't know Dotson was a rookie, you would not have watched that game and been like, wow, that right guard really looks like a rookie. He's playing like a rookie. Like, you would have never thought that you would have been none the wiser if he was just wearing, you know, jersey 66. You may have even thought it was DeCastro. He, he looked great. I mean, oh, he, he I'll just, tell you one thing, Hunter. I love the 69 jersey. I am oh, all yeah. about it. I'm going to buy a 69 <laughs> jersey. I've always wanted a Steeler to wear one. There's never there really go. been something yeah. for really me to get passionate about. But I think Big Dot, I think he's going to be that, yeah. that fun 69 jersey I can wear, have fun awesome. with Steeler tailgates and make crude jokes about it and just have yeah. fun with it. 
it's a very it's a very nice number. I always liked Jared Allen. You know, Jared Allen always wore sixty nine with the Vikings, yeah. and I, I liked yeah. him in general. I was always a big Jared Allen guy. Yes. So I I long considered getting one, but I might be with you. Like maybe it's time to just get the Steelers one now that there's you know a worthy contender. The worst is when dudes get sixty nine jerseys and put their name like it's a custom jersey, their name on the back, like that. <laughs> That's cheesy. You can't you can't go I that far. Hockey, but I actually played seasons in those jerseys. <laughs> See, uh, okay, that's a little different. When you're buying it just to show off with the boys, it's yeah. a little cheesy. But now that it's an actual, you know, Kevin Dotson jersey, I'm down. I'm all in. <laughs> awesome. I've got to touch – we touched base on DJ also. Deontay Johnson not only having a good receiving game – uh, I know he was targeted, uh, 13 targets. He had eight receptions, 92 yards, nearly 100 yards, had the touchdown. Great job of keep, keeping that play going when Ben extended it. But his punt returning, man, he oh. was fantastic. I He's mean, so good. It, unfortunately, Sutton got called with that one because that guy wasn't making that tackle no matter what. Right, uh, right. He made five people miss on that called back punt return. Dude, and it was ridiculous. It was, and then plus, then they had a punt return later, and he made like another three people miss to get out to the midfield. I mean, that one our all pro punt return, dude. I mean, he's showing exactly yeah. why he was. He's even better at it this year too. I mean, yeah. the mu- the muffin week one, obviously not not what you want, but but besides that, he he's the most electric player with the with the ball in his hands that I've seen since AB for sure. I yeah. mean. And may even be a little slipperier than AB in in some ways. He just makes ridiculous the the amount of missed tackles. I saw somebody on Twitter rang it up. It was like four, <laughs> forced like fourteen missed tackles or something. I was like, what? That doesn't even make sense. Midcast uh, at the beginning of the season, he led the league last year in forced missed tackles. He tied, doesn't even make sense. Tied with another receiver on like making a juke and then somebody flies by him. That's called a forced missed tackle. Yeah. One of the craziest ones was uh, on the punt return that got called back. Yeah. Mike Hilton, I think it was, was like lead blocking and just straight up fell on his face. Yeah. And Deontay was like, that's okay. I'll just juke this guy anyway. Like <laughs> he should have had a, an even clearer path. Like Hilton definitely should have taken this guy out of the play, but just fell inexplicably. And Deontay was like, that's cool, man. I'll just go over here. And was it Deontay Johnson too? Right when he got the kick, did he run smack into yes, Sutton and then bounce did. the other way and ripped still, off the return? Still <laughs> made it happen. And then, <laughs> any dude. other any other team you watch making a punt return, if they run into their own guy, they're hitting the ground. It's I mean, crazy. Off of Sutton like a big yeah. hard too. He did. That was he a collision. Right, hit Sutton and immediately bounced left, and was everybody fell down. <laughs> dude, it, it was ridiculous, and him that extends as well on offense. I mean, once he catches. He's way more dangerous after the catch. Like it's a ridiculous just shiftiness that he has. It's super fun to watch. It's my my favorite style of receiver to watch. Honestly, yeah. selfishly, I just love watching dudes like that when they get the ball in their hands. It's just so exciting. But Deont- on as good as he's been there, Deontay has been a little inconsistent and a little sloppy. There's still certain things that you want to see him button up there's another level that's the really exciting thing i think for the Steelers is that there's another level i think he had two drops against the broncos yes. the muffed punt we talked about yep. he's he had like a debatable drop against the broncos that i don't think technically counted as one but he yeah, it was behind. probably could have caught it one to get I mean, yeah, I yeah. Hit both of his hands but he did right. he did catch two that were behind him i know <laughs> that's the thing he's he's like he's, he's making yeah <laughs> yeah he's making tough catches and showing that he can definitely do it all but there is still another level and a level of consistency he can add to his game. And he is going to be, I'll say it, not just the best receiver on the Steelers, but one of the best in the league. I mean, his yeah. talent's out of control. 
he does. He has that ability. And Juju with another solid game, seven catches for 48 yards on eight targets. Ebron getting worked in a little bit more, uh, five targets. He had three catches for 43 yards. Um, they asked Tomlin today if they were going to be working him into the game, and he says, just watch. He'll get in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a question of working him in. He's just going to be keep working and working and working until he gets more and more chances. Right. Um, though the only negative on the offense other than the turnovers were two for 13 on third down. That's just not good enough. I yeah. mean, luckily they held the Broncos to five for 15 because that difference right there would have been huge had they not been able to convert enough because that usually looks like a losing score. When you have a 13 conversion rate on third down. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Against better teams, that probably would have spelled their demise, honestly. It was just their defense was so good, especially early, that it yeah. didn't necessarily matter. <laughs> but against better teams, that's definitely going to matter. And, man, it was just play calling for me. I was not a fan of that game script at all and the play calling. I felt like way too conservative on first and second down. That was one of the big things was that they just didn't even have a chance. There was a lot of third and longs in yeah. there you just can't put your offense in a situation like that and then they relied way too much on the screens I felt like let yeah. let Ben get the ball downfield man he's I know like it's like this. they only yeah. threw it downfield once I mean it's a couple couple mid-range I mean you got yeah, yeah. Ebron and Juju but I yeah, mean I think they took one deep throw the whole game and it was a touchdown and they yeah, that's, back that's what I was just gonna say definitely yeah. one and only deep pass of the game weird <laughs> 84 yard touchdown like just let it open up a little. They're still playing too conservative, I think, which week one was even more conservative. Yeah. A little better this week, but maybe it's a Ben thing. Maybe it's a, you know, letting Ben get back in rhythm and fully comfortable thing, and that's what Ben wants to do. Maybe. I don't know. Another thing is that Ben has just been so good as he always been throughout his career in the no huddle. I, yeah. would, I would love to see them even open week three straight out of the no huddle. Just go for it right out the gate. Let him find yeah. his Let him find his rhythm get a little groove going and just let the game go from there because the dude's so good out of that. Yeah, and it's like the only no huddle that they've done so far. It seemed like it was the end of the first half in the first game against the Giants, and that was just Ben just bam, 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 the whole way down. Surgical. Yeah. Like vintage Ben. It's, it's really, you expect truly. that out of Ben when he comes out in the no huddle. He, right. he has the command of it. He's calling the plays. He knows where everything is. And he just does such an excellent job of getting everybody involved and moving the football down the field. And that ended with a quick touchdown, too, at the end. Absolutely. So. I mean, only good things happen. And I feel like that's been the case throughout Ben's career. It's like every time they go no huddle, it's like, why don't they just do this all the time? <laughs> I, know, I know it doesn't work like that, but it, it just feels that way when you're watching him slice and dice defenses yeah. the way he can. It's just beautiful. So, yeah, man, I would love to see more no huddle next week. I would love to see – fewer wide receiver screens I would love to see him open things up downfield a little more mm -hmm. they're going to have to establish the running game as well as good as Connor's final stat line was I still didn't feel you know he had a 59 yard I mean, run at the end yeah it's that, that big 59 yeah, yarder yeah that beefed that it up right there so I felt yeah. like throughout the game it wasn't quite the rushing performance you'd want to see either that yeah. was still a little inconsistent but it, yeah, yeah but it was still enough to I mean that is when the entire defense though was playing against the run Yes. So that says a lot too. I mean, yeah, he did rip off a 59 yarder and yeah, it was in, well, it wasn't in garbage time because the Steelers had to possess the ball to win the game and run out. Absolutely the did. Yeah. So they had everybody, they were, they know it's going to be a run. They know it's coming. They had everybody playing run defense and he just went by them and great yeah. blocks too, by that whole right-hand side with Dotson Absolutely. And, and Chooks. And then those guys were just moving people on that side. Yeah. Hey man, shout out Chooks, by the way. We hadn't talked about yeah. him yet. As much as, much <laughs> as we talked start, about. Great game. Yeah. 
As yeah. much as we talked about Dotson, it was just as big of a deal for Chooks filling in for Zach Banner, obviously. You, again, there was no drop-off in play at all. Chooks was clearly ready. There was yeah. a reason that battle was so close throughout camp. I feel like they were always 1A and 1B. So yes. there shouldn't have been yeah. a drop-off, and there wasn't. So Chooks looked great. Of course, Denver yeah. didn't have Von Miller, which is who he would have been matched up with otherwise. Yeah. That could have been a more telling test. Sure. But that said, you're still facing an NFL defense, and still going to have another shot next week. Um, maybe he'll get some reps against J.J. Watt or something to see what he's got. <laughs> yeah, and let's see the, the defensive side of the ball for that game. We had another excellent game, up from three sacks to seven sacks. Watt had two and a half, Cam with a half sack. Bud, Hilton, Alualu, and Edmonds, each with a sack. I mean, it was 11 TFLs across the board, which matched last week, two weeks counting. Uh, six sacks in the first half. I thought the game was going to be over by the time it got to the second half. But, hey, excellent job of uh, readjusting with their second quarterback and getting him into quick passes, moving the pocket, extending the plays so he could make some plays downfield. Yeah, everything you just said, man, their adjustments in the second half were everything because that from the first half pressure <laughs> on the quarterback was just unbelievable. And I'll say this, I, I didn't watch every game last week, obviously, but I would be shocked – if a defender had a better game than Mike Hilton, that dude yeah. everywhere. And that's, that's now two weeks in a row. Yeah. If you would have told me before the season that the Steelers best defender was Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton. <laughs> yeah. I, like I like Mike Hilton and I definitely believe in him as a solid piece and, and believe he's a, wow. he's a very good player, but he is very possibly the best player on a very elite defense, which is just great. There's a fumble recovery from yeah. him. Now, we're we'll showing the defensive highlights on uh, Facebook, Steel Nation Facebook, uh, Twitterverse, if you guys want to check it out there. Um, he, was, he was everywhere. But one of the great plays for Hilton in that game was on a running play, he was trying, he was trying to jump the line of scrimmage on another um, uh, you know, blitz. He hits Nick Vanette, who used to be on our mm -hmm. team last year, pones him, like five foot nine, hits Nick Vanette, pushes him back, sheds him, and makes the TFL in the backfield. Yep. I got five foot nine doing that on you. And there's a reason why we don't have Nick Vanette on the team anymore. <laughs> sure. It also speaks to Mighty Mouse too, being able to push, push around somebody and have the the want to to bust off a tackles, split in there, and make those big plays for the Steelers. Because I love Hilton. I've always said no vacancy at the Hilton when he's in pass protect. But man, nice. This splits, this he's vicious. He's vicious. I just, I just love him. I absolutely love him. He, he does whatever he can to make a play, and that's the type of, type of players on the Steelers that I, I just get behind. And as a fan, love watching him play. Dude, you said the key word, want. He just has so much more desire, it feels like, than anybody trying to block him or anybody trying to stop him. He's just a little, you know, whatever you want to call it, a little pit bull out there, just tenacious and relentless. He, he would be terrible to play against. He's one of those guys that just – I feel like anybody who's ever played any sport knows that one guy who is not the most technically skilled, but just hustles and wants it more than everybody else. Yeah. And he's just terrible to play against. You hate matching yeah. up with that guy because he's just going to make your life miserable. Even if you beat him, it's going to suck. So that's just Mike Hilton to me. I mean, he's been phenomenal. You saw uh, Joe Hayden interception just now on the vidcast. Obviously nice off a tip ball. You also Minka, I don't know, man. You want to talk about Minka a little? He's not the Minka from last year yet. I'm not concerned, but I'm getting yeah. there. <laughs> I don't know if it's – the Steelers are shifting. Obviously, they're playing him back a little bit. They're not, they're not really putting him in, in the box, and when they do, they're rotating the 
uh, the other safety's back or Sutton's rotating back to take yeah. the deep. And they've got some plays where, you know, Hilton or Sutton will be lined up like they're up there to play the short middle zone and then sprint back and take the deep half. And I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're trying to move around Minka, but it doesn't seem like he's gotten into the groove of the game yet. I mean, he had a horse collar tackle in that game, I know, which – was the only thing that really stood out to me other than his, his tackle early on or breaking up the pass early on in the game on the first drive uh, right there at the end zone. But um, other than that, it, they've got to find more ways to get Minka involved. But with everybody else playing well, I mean, Dupree is playing above his level that we're used to. Mm. Watt is playing at the level we're used to, which is de- defensive player of the year level. Um, Hilton is playing out of his mind. I mean, yeah. eight, he had eight tackles. He had a sack, two tackles for a loss, and a fumble recovery would have been also uh, given a forced fumble on his sack if they replayed it because it looked like the ball came yeah. out before his knee went down. Very true. But since they recovered it farther back, the was like, oh, we'll take that. <laughs> and, and last week we talked about him, and once again, Tyson Alulu is, is looking like that top ten pick that he yeah. was. I don't know what's going on. Is this all he ever needed was just the opportunity? I don't know. He looks great. Even last year, I mean, yeah, he stepped in. He didn't really even have to step in for Hargrave last year. Hargrave was more stepping in for Tuit. But for him to be in the middle and between Tuit and Hargrave, he is feasting almost in a better way that that Hargrave used to feast because we we weren't expecting that interior lineman to get sacks. And we're like, holy crap, Hargrave's getting sacks. I know. That's insane. But now we've got (laughs) – I was doing the same thing, and he's – man possessed i mean not only just in the rushing game but his run defense is fantastic it's crazy he's doing a great job of filling holes making tackles at the line of scrimmage or behind it yeah vince williams too i gotta mention another another big game for him six tackles this time with um three tackles for a loss bush with another seven tackles six for solo i mean our, our linebackers or interior linebackers are doing their job they're making their plays um and it's nice to see yeah, and by the way, on Vince Williams, the touchdown by Melvin Gordon, yeah, pretty much perfect coverage. Like, you can't even be mad yeah. about Vince on that. It was just a perfect throw, great catch by Melvin Gordon. But if there was any concerns about Vince Williams' coverage, I feel like that should have actually squashed it a little bit, even yeah. though it was a touchdown allowed, which I know everybody will look at and be like, oh, he got burnt. He didn't get burnt at all. Yeah. I mean, he, he hung with a running back, an elite running back at that downfield and – was stuck but it was just a great play by the offense on that yeah. one so this is the nfl the offense yeah. makes plays yeah so twitter i know everybody gets upset they're like you can't have a linebacker in coverage you can't have a linebacker in coverage it's like we're not the only team doing it guys this is the way the nfl works they try to get mismatches they try to pull linebackers out of their normal spots to force right. them to make plays downfield that's what happened there that's yeah. what happened to bush on the two plays back to back to the fane and um the touchdown and the two-point conversion back to back and they after that moment they solved it yep because they tried going back to it i watched the game footage i watched the coaches footage um you can yell at bush for those plays letting up that touchdown but they 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 locked it down after that happened well that's what elite defenses do they make adjustments so it was definitely good to see another adjustment they made was in the run defense for sure denver was having a ton of success early it was concerning because every time the steelers defense gets on its heels that's how it starts I think about Leonard Fournette and that Jaguars. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
Anytime the other team establishes the run game early, the defense struggles all game. That's just a Steelers fact. There's no – I have no stats or science for this. I just know from watching the games. That's a fact. So, And as, as the two, 2020 Steeler fans, I mean, we were used to last week seeing them let up 26 yards total in rushing right. against the Giants and right. all-world Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, come back from the injury soon, buddy. I was, I'm sorry to hear about that. But – um. For Gordon to rip off two runs and have more yardage than their entire team in those first two runs, it was like, well, this is going to be a different game. Yeah. I mean, Mike Munchak. That was the game plan. The game plan last week shut down Barkley. Yep. Game plan this week wasn't really to shut down Gordon. It was kind of to limit Locke. Yeah. And we had our game plan set up to stop Locke, and we did. I was going to say, they certainly – (laughs) <laughs> they certainly limited Locke if that was the goal. But Bud Dupree took care of that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Tomlin talked about it before the game and after the game. Mike Munchak, being Denver's offensive line coach, he said he knew that's the ultimate sleeper agent for the other team. Munchak knows what the Steelers do, knows how to exploit it. it and they had, obviously, a great offensive line performance there the first half. So Steelers adjusted, shut it down. All good, but like I said, it's a little concerning at first. We'll see here in week three what they can do against the Texans. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by names, always giving back, making the difference, and going the extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap pay with the contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are known to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need. Just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offered valid through September 30th. Nice. And special teams, obviously we had some great returns by Ray Ray. Great kick returner. That's why he made the squad over Switzer. We're getting a lot more out of him in kick return, especially DJ as well. Excellent. Boz was perfect. One for one on the field goals, three for three on extra points. Yep. Oh, quit. What the hell, man? Ah, uh, the one guy. <laughs> it had to come down to him. 
I love punters. You know me. I love punters. I do. Man, I do. It's not a good game from Colquitt, and that's like – that makes you think. It's like, why did we get him? I mean, yeah. he, that game showed he was not an improvement over Barry. Um, yep. Barry would have, like, one bad kick every three games. It seemed like he had two <laughs> punts that were yeah. crazy and couldn't really – he did a good job of pinning. I mean, obviously, he's a good coffin kicker. The one – the Steelers just missed because they came in on the receiver, but the ball bounced behind him and bounced like eight more times before going into the end zone. Yeah. That should have been down. That's on the coverage team. That's For sure. Agreed. Agreed completely there. Perfect. Yeah. But when he was trying to punt for distance, he could not. Yes, no. At all. No. And that, that was exactly the thing we talked about it even before the season or when the transaction happened was that Colquitt was supposed to minimize mistakes. Yes. We knew we weren't going to get the 70-yard boots that Barry could occasionally rip off, but that would be okay as long as he was consistently 45 yards with hang time, you yeah. know. But he didn't. And the first one he kicked, you saw, he put his head down and turned yeah. away because he immediately knew he hated it. He knew it was terrible. And he ran it back like 15 yards, and it ended up yeah. in a 30-yard net. Yeah. 28-yard net or something. That's like, that's the stuff that we, we – I don't know if it's Pittsburgh guys. I don't know why punters have such a tough time in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Figure out what to do or get the ball off their foot. But man. Anthony, Anthony on the Facebook stream literally just asked, how come we look like we always have a bad punter? It's yeah. true. That's I don't know. About Anthony. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Hey, I'll say, I'll say this. I've been, I've been following Marquette King on Twitter and he looks yeah. great. Yes. I, would, I would love to at least see a tryout, at least see what he can do. Dude looks phenomenal. If not, Coax Pat McAfee out of retirement. <laughs> uh, I'd be fine with either. Now, Marquette King, where is he from? Is he a younger guy? Has he been in the league? But I've, yeah. I've seen your tweets, and I, I've watched him because of you because you like him. I don't know if he's a pro bowler, but he was at least an elite punter for a while, especially for the Raiders. He, okay. I mean, very high-level punter, man. He was very good. I don't know exactly what pushed him out of the league if his performance started to drop off or what, but he's, he literally said he would punt for free but knows that's illegal, so he'll take the veteran minimum. So this dude's willing to come in. Veteran minimum and donate his salary to charity. <laughs> Dude, I, seriously, why yeah. not? What do you have to lose at this point to at least try him out and see what he's got? I mean. Yeah, yeah. So finishing off for the game, the only other notes that I wanted to make sure make everyone aware of if you watch the game, 10 penalties – it's not good. I mean, no. that looked like the game I was expecting to see first out of the box from the Steelers, not having a preseason. This is going to be the game where we get all the penalties. We do all the dumb stuff. We have all the dumb turnovers. But this looked like the first game of the season. Yeah. It was the second game of the season. So one good thing, I did listen to the, the presser with Tomlin. He did note that they are going to have officials at practice this week to work on technique. Nice. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. We needed it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. That's great. I mean, to be the ultimate yinzer, some of those calls were super soft, man. Some of those calls were terrible. So yeah. the DPI on Bush, that was ridiculous. Once again, I don't know. They can't get a break with these defensive pass interference calls. So some of the calls were just super ticky-tack. The Sutton, obviously, blocking the back. Not a fan of that one either. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know that there's necessarily a problem yet. I don't see them playing, you know, undisciplined football or anything like that. So I'm not super concerned. But, I mean, Vince Williams even tweeted after that game, they beat two teams today, you yes. know, you know, the Broncos <laughs> and the refs. So I'm sure Vince Williams' pocketbook took a little hit for that, but yeah. worth it. Worth I, I don't it. think so because by saying they beat two teams, it doesn't put anything on the ref. I think it's kind of <laughs> like a workaround. He, 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 <laughs> he loopholed it. Oh. Yeah. 
on that one. He may have. If Vinny Williams figured out a loophole to bash the refs, I'm all about it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but like, like you're saying, one thing that I was always big on coaching, it's one thing that Belichick does. If you block somebody in the back, if you hold somebody, don't do this. Don't stick your hands in the air. You are yep. putting up a flag. Hey, something happened over here. Yep. Hey, look at me. Hey, yep. don't look at me. It's like, don't ever throw your hands up in the air. You got to learn it. I just made a play. They yep. just always treat it like I just made a play. Now, the defensive exactly. backs, even though they were getting called for the pass interference, they're playing it like they're making plays. Mm-hmm. You never want that defensive back to make that hit. and then. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's even worse. That's yeah. way worse. Because you know the offensive guy is going to do it for you regardless. Even if it's close, the offensive yeah. player is going to get up like, where's my flag? Yeah. That's what they all do. I don't know if they're taught to do that, but I assume because it works. Yeah. That, that was the other frustrating thing was how many of those flags came in super late. That always bugged me. I don't understand. Like, either you saw it or you didn't. You can't decide 10 seconds later that you saw pass interference and now I'm going to throw the flag. Like The one that that really upset me was the one that they gave the pass interference call to extend the the third and short drive. mm -hmm. Um, And and I watched it on the coaching footage. The call came from 25 yards downfield thrown late. So it's like, what's that guy doing throwing a ball throwing a call for the line of scrimmage when his job is supposed to be secondary. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, how the heck did you even see that? Yeah. Anthony here on Facebook just made a a good point too, that I want to highlight. He said, I also credit it to early season games with no other games. I think that's a huge part of it with no preseason. They're still kind of working out the kinks and everything. So, and I think, you know, we talked about Minka maybe struggling a little. I think that's the case with him as well, especially a guy who relies so much on timing and instincts as he does. I think he's still kind of getting a feel for the game and that could be why his play seems a little less than what we expect from him, less than his standard that he certainly established last year. So I think, you know, this, this team, we said it with Deontay Johnson. He definitely has another level. I think the team in general has another level, and they're 2-0. and So that should be super exciting. So for me, I think it's like a, a tier process for the league. I think you've got your elite teams. Obviously, your Kansas Cities and your uh, Ravens are elite. Steelers are in the next tier right now. I, I think they can get to elite. I think their defense can be elite. I think Roethlisberger can be elite. Right now we're in that next tier. And that next tier is some of these teams that we're playing right now mm-hmm. which are playoff caliber teams that don't have that extra oomph to really be special teams. So, like, Houston's got it. Tennessee's got it. So the next two weeks are really going to show what type, how, where the Steelers fall in that elite level or, or within yeah. the, the tiering system of special teams. Are they going to be a division winner or are they a wild card team? And that's essentially all it's, all it's going to work out to. Um, but a, a couple more points, last couple points I want to make on the game. Steelers extended their defense, now has a sack in 59 consecutive games. That's tops in the league. That seems fake. Longest streak since 82. Uh, also, this one's specifically for you, Hunter. Even though there were no fans in the stands, nah. Gabe was ah. played. No, I was all excited for that, and then you had dropped Renegade on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> they said – they said, uh, I don't know if it was Vince Williams. They asked yeah, somebody. Yeah, they said it didn't hit quite the same without the fan, which is good. So, so scrap it then, Steelers. There's no need for Renegade. Well, they still ended the game on a defensive play, but, you know. True, true. <laughs> fair, fair. A advo- Renegade advocate here. <laughs> but for, for us, we got to go with the game balls now. So game balls. Who's your offensive game ball then, Hunter? Man, I haven't even thought about this. 
Kevin Dotson. Let's give it to Dotson. Dotson literally got the game ball, and I'm fine with that. So let's go. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the big stuff about Dotson. First NFL start in the league. He did play right guard in college at Louisiana Lafayette as a raging Cajun. Zero pressures on 42 pass plays. Yeah. Zero for a rookie. He was the highest rated guard in all of the NFL this year on pass defense. Zero for 42 on pressures. So for his first start, that is huge. Mm -hmm. He also gave the game ball to his dad uh, because Ben gave it to him and he gave it to his dad because he's a lifelong Steeler fan. And I'm going to say a quote here from him from Kevin Dotson specifically is, I don't get too nervous about football or playing in games. I get nervous about real life situations. That's, so that's awesome. That, that's a nice thing to say. Kudos to you, Dot, big Dot. I hope it's the first of many starts that we're going to see. I don't know if he can play left guard yet, um, but we know he's an excellent right guard and so great that the Steelers got him that late in the fourth round to be this good for the Steelers, both in rushing and passing. Because as we were talking about the last time too, Hunter, we were talking about him being a road grader. And we know that Louisiana Lafayette team is a big running team. And we just got to see he is just as good at pass protection. Shame on you, NCAA's NFL, for not having this guy at the combine, man, because he is everything and more. He looks like an absolute steal in the fourth round, a ridiculous steal. And if you guys haven't heard too much about him or read about him right after they drafted him, one of my favorite things was – uh, I got to. I was on the conference call right after he got drafted, so I got to speak with him a little bit. Yeah. He he said that he used to tell the opposing defense what play was coming in college, <laughs> but because he knew he was still so good that they weren't going to do anything about it. He would literally tell the linemen lining up across from him what play was coming and still execute it. Now he did say that he didn't he didn't do that against the Broncos. Somebody did ask him and he's like, yeah. no, he's like, no, it's different now. The NFL, I can't be doing that. Which yeah, is good. he says but, dude, people are too good in this league. I won't be doing it here. Yeah. <laughs> dude, but legitimately, what do you do with him? Because you can't bench DeCastro, obviously. No, but th- but, this guy but, he but he has to be on the field. You don't have to rush DeCastro back either. Like, True. That's the best thing. He's coming off a knee injury. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna be talking about the uh, the injuries here real quick because it looks it looks good for DeCastro for this week, guys. Uh, he's in the building. He's going to be practicing this week, and we'll see if he makes it onto the field. But they don't need to rush him back. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, going up against J.J. Watt is a different animal for mm. this upcoming week. So it's going to be a lot tougher on uh, Kevin Dotson, and I know they're going to put J.J. over top, right between Kevin Dotson and Chooks, if that Absolutely. happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. As they should. Where, where That's where it's supposed to be the weakest link on the team. Fortunately, they did a great job. My offensive game ball is going to go to – it was going to go to Big Dot, but you picked him, so I'm going to take Deontay Johnson. I thought nice. he had an excellent game, both in kick return, both in the passing, great play on the, on the uh, touchdown, uh, extending drives. Um, he's the target now, man, and I love watching him play. Yep. So, DJ, Deontay Johnson, awesome job. Defensively, I'm going to take Hilton first. Ah, no. no. I love Mighty Mouse. Yeah. No vacancy at the Hilton. He gets my defensive game ball. Who gets your defensive game ball, Hunter? Well, it would be Hilton, full disclosure, but I guess since we can't do the same guy. TJ Watt's the obvious next guy up, but I'm taking Tyson Alulu because he's now proven two weeks in a row that he's exactly what they needed. He's stepping up, making plays, still getting sacks. I mean, it's like Hargrave was supposed to be the huge loss on that defense, and you would never know he was gone so far. So Alulu's done exactly what you want. Yeah, and – 
you know, honorable mention also to Watt. Watt's level of play is so high. For two weeks in a row, we have not given him the game ball. It's just, yeah. He had an honorable he had an inter- big interception last, last game to, 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 you know, change the momentum in that Giants game. Two and a half sacks. Two and a half sacks, and we still didn't give him the game ball. But that's how good he is. It's like, yeah. we expect him to be good. It's like, yeah. we can't give him the game ball. But I literally, I have. He's just amazing. Yeah, we, we literally have TJ Watt fatigue already when it comes to award. It's like, you just, it's just what he does. It's just TJ Watt. Like, let's save it for some. I feel like that's how they are with Aaron Donald and the defensive player of the year. Yes. Like, right. they're just like, ah, it's just Aaron Donald. We can't just keep giving it to him, even though he earned it. Yeah. Well, when you're that good, you get it. Uh, mm-hmm. Injury situation, guys, we were looking excellent. Like I said, the only person that was injured on the roster was David Castro. Tomlin said he's coming back this week. We had a couple bumps and bruises within the game. Sutton had cramps. Um, that wasn't an issue at all. He's not even listed in the uh, press report today for the presser by Tomlin. He said Tyson Alualu has a knee. Bud Dupree has a shoulder. Deontay Johnson's still dealing with that toe. Looks like it's probably turf toe. It's That's the issue. Three weeks now, he's probably going to – all three of them are probably going to get Wednesday off and then start practicing Thursday, Friday, or be limited early and keep practicing. But we don't anticipate any of them from not playing this this week, and this could be a full roster being able to play. Yeah, and a good team coming up. I know a lot of people will look at the Texans and say 0-2. Oh, uh, they lost DeAndre Hopkins, and Bill O'Brien's insane. So they're not a threat, but, man – they played the Chiefs and the Ravens so yes. far, which you just talked about as far as there being tears. You literally said Chiefs yep. and Ravens at the top, which I think most people would agree. Maybe throw the Seahawks in there at this point. They look phenomenal. Yeah, they do. But, I would have said New Orleans until Monday. Yeah, that was bad. That was definitely bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so the Texans are 0-2, but they've also probably played the two best teams in the NFL. So there's not a ton of shame there. And, yes, they've lost DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, in the trade. Will Fuller is dealing with a hamstring injury and might not play. So it's looking like they're going to be super shorthanded. But the biggest thing with the Texans is their offensive line. It's been completely atrocious so far. Yeah. They've allowed 57 pressures. Deshaun Watson's been hit 20 times already in two games. This, this Steelers team is not the team that you want to face when you're trying to figure out your offensive line worries. Yeah. So the Steelers, as we said, you know, they're already on pace for like a ridiculous 80 sacks or something like that. Yeah, Steelers are already leading the lead yeah. in pressures. And you're right, they're on pace for uh, 80 sacks. And how many pressures here? I think I had it written down. Yeah, it's going to be tackles, absurd. 176 tackles for losses. That doesn't even seem That's, like a real number. <laughs> right? It's like you're playing Tecmo Bowl back in the 90s. Truly, it, truly. You so, know, football on like the lowest setting. But here's the thing. is Here's the thing that worries me a little to, to bring it around a little bit. Because on paper, you look at that and you say the Steelers are getting at least eight sacks. And it's going to be terrible to watch. The, the Broncos, especially in the second half with Driscoll, showed – that if you get the ball out fast, you can exploit the middle of the field, which is what Steelers yep. Steelers fans have seen this for years with New England. That's exactly how New England always tore them apart. Yep. And it's still – that's just very hard to cover that in the NFL. So, if, if Deshaun Watson can get the ball out quickly, spread it around, take advantage of the middle of the field, they might be able to establish some rhythm as well. And Deshaun Watson is a fabulous quarterback, man. The guy's great. He's still a playmaker. He's one of the best in the league. Yep. Still got to worry about – 
David Johnson looked very good week one. I thought he looked like an old David Johnson in his uh, glory Cardinals days when he was winning everybody fantasy football championships. Mm -hmm. He looked great. Then week two kind of fell off a little more, a little rougher for him that game. So it's going to be a matter of the Steelers stopping the run, first of all. If they can plug up the run, they're going to force the Texans to pass, which is obviously going to open up opportunities for that pass rush to get to Watson. From there, you hope they can just convert the sacks. But like I said, the Texans could very well implement a very quick kind of, you know, West Coasty kind of offense to get the ball out of his hands fast. It worked for the Broncos. There's no reason that Deshaun Watson couldn't pull it off if Driscoll could. So it's very, very interesting. I will say it looks like it should fall in the Steelers' favor. But it's the NFL, like we said earlier. It is. (laughs) And a couple points also from Mike Tomlin's presser that just happened. He was asked about Eric Ebron. They're saying, are you going to work him into the game more? He says, it's early. Keep watching. So no worries about it for Ebron. Uh, asked about wearing a mask in practice and games. Coach said, I'm thankful to be working. Uh, a lot can't work and, don't, and, uh, and I don't take it for granted. And I try to set a good example for everyone. So nice. kudos That's awesome. on that for wearing the mask. He's, he's at least not getting fined like a lot of the other coaches <laughs> coming out today. Um, asked about injuries. He says, I'm only concerned with soft tissue injuries that happen with conditioning and preparedness. Obviously, mm-hmm. if a knee goes, shoulder goes, something breaks, that's part of the game. It, it, sure. it's, not, it's not there. He asked about the running game. He says he's generally pleased. We close games out via the run in the four-minute offenses, and I like that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, like we said, we alluded to it earlier in the show. Is like things aren't perfect right now for this team, and they're still winning games. So yeah. you can't be mad about that. That's all there is to it. If you come out with a win, you come out with a win. There's things they need to work on for sure. But once it clicks, I think we've seen already early enough in this year, we've seen a team that when it's at its best, it's as good as any team in the league. So as long as they can just sustain that, it's one heck of a Steelers team this year. Nice. Um, Tomlin was also asked about the Watt brothers. He's, uh, they asked, do DJ and Derek or TJ and uh, Derek talk and motivate each other? <laughs> this was my favorite quote. And he, Tomlin says, TJ is a lone wolf. I think he only talks to Bud in practice in a practice setting. Yeah, very <laughs> true. I've seen that firsthand. TJ is yeah. definitely a lone wolf. He's out there to do his job. Crazy focused guy, intense guy. So that's funny. I'm sure they do talk and Tomlin's hamming it up a little bit for yeah, that yeah. response. But uh, <laughs> hey, De- shout out Derek Watt got a safety as well yeah. against the Broncos. So that was cool. It was mostly yeah. on the punter. Honestly, I don't know what Denver's punter was thinking there. But hey, you take what you can get. <laughs> yeah. And it's something also that, t- that one question was asked, are you going to use the fullback more? Why'd you spend all that money on Derek Watt? And it was essentially, it depends on the matchup. Some games we're going to use fullbacks extensively. Other games were not. We were more concerned about losing Matikiewicz and mm-hmm. needing that impact on special teams. Watt has come through on, in spades on special yeah. teams, getting the same, yeah. making tackles. Great to have his energy out there on the field. Dude, we're, we're like a broken record on this show talking about the importance of special teams, but <laughs> you, you truly yeah. can't. I know it's like not fun to talk about, but you can't overstate how important that is because it, it just like he just said they were worried about losing Tyler Matikiewicz which you would never think that the Steelers would be worried about that but the dude was a special teams demon and they need that like that's why Chase Claypool continues to play special teams is because he's so good at it it's such a crucial part of the game 
So they want Derek Watt to kind of be the new Tyler Matikiewicz. And you feel like, wow, you paid a lot for that. But that's how much you value special teams in the NFL. So it's, it's yeah. an easy element of the game to underrate because it's, you know, making a tackle in punt coverage is not that cool. Yes. But it's so crucial. It's just so crucial. And I know we got questions from Steeler Nation, SteelerNation.com forum. If you go to SteelerNation.com, click on the forum, join it. You get to ask us questions during here. Or you can jump on Facebook and ask questions during it, like we're answering some for Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. You can also give shout-outs to Hunter. If anybody's on there saying hi, you can give shout-outs. Um, right now, Slash Steel, he asked, is it time to get Derek Watt more touches? It's basically what we just talked about. Yes. <laughs> we, we think yes. I think some instances where the – Defense that we're facing is a little looser in the run. Yeah, we're going to build more fullback sets. But goal line, I think we should definitely see, be seeing um, Derek Watt out there. And I, I love seeing Watt when he does get on the field for those goal line plays and short yardage plays. Yeah, I completely agreed with you on that. I think the Steelers traditionally run the ball better with a fullback. And it's something they've gotten away from. You know, Rosie Nix used to be very good for them. And that it was a big part of Le'Veon and Connor's success for a while was running behind Rosie Nix. So yeah. I, they got away from it for sure. Last year, obviously Rosie just was unavailable for the, the entire season basically. But uh, now with Derek Watt, I feel like uh, Anthony talked about it as well. Like just no preseason, no tune-ups. I think Derek Watt is still kind of finding his footing, taking a little longer than he would have if they had a full normal off season. So I think they're still warming him up just like Ebron, like Tomlin said about Ebron, just watch. I think Watt's time is still – coming yeah second question from cooley man i think you can handle this one homostack it's a great name i know <laughs> he's a good he's a good guy he's the most intelligent poster on the forum whoa so, all right self-proclaimed <laughs> okay nice nice he asks is it time to start getting claypool more touches <laughs> absolutely i mean Yes, get him touches. When the dude gets the ball in his hand, like we were saying about Deontay Johnson, when the, getting him the ball is a good idea. Like, good things happen when he touches the ball. And we've seen it in a variety of ways already. Just off the top of my head, you've got the sideline toe-tapping catch, probably his best catch of the year, his first NFL reception. You've got the deep bomb. You've got the end around to seal the game, a rush, a running play. Yeah. He's so versatile already, which is crazy for a rookie to be able to show this kind of versatility and this effectiveness in different roles. So he's a guy that I think, you know, I said earlier, I think he's already established that he's the third best wide receiver. If you want to look at it from like a fantasy football perspective, he'll finish with the third best stats of receivers this year, I think, with still unexplored upside. So I'm excited to see what Claypool can do and utilize him more. And I think we'll definitely see the Steelers start to work him in more and get him some more touches. And I also believe he has not missed a targeted throw yet. He's perfect on the season. I think it was two, two for two in the first game, three for three or four for four in this last game yeah. um, on targets. And that's huge. That's a rookie. And the, the only play I think that didn't work was when Ben tried to throw that slip screen or that slip bubble when the defender was like 12 yards yeah. downfield, but he sprinted it and he nailed him in the backfield for yep. a loss. Yep. Um, but, you know, that was a heads up play by the defender. Um, I'm interested to see how they can work him in more to the short uh, passing game because I'd like to see him kind of make some of those moves too. But we do have Deontay Johnson to do that as well. That's what I was just going to say. The thing, the thing with that is that Deontay is going to probably hog all those and Juju as well. Dude, Juju, yeah. we didn't really talk about it, but after the catch, he is a monster this yes. year. Juju has, has like turned into the Hulk this yes. year. <laughs> that, 
he's running – dude, the very first one against Denver, it was along the sideline. The defender was there, and you just knew Juju was either going to run out of bounds or he was going to square him up. And, dude, he just lowered his head, put his head right in the dude's chest and just drove forward for, like, four extra yards. It was so Heinz Ward, and it made me so happy. So I was like, Heinz Ward would never go out of bounds. You know, he'd duck his head and get that extra yard. And that was exactly Juju. And then, like, two plays later, he threw down that stiff arm that was disgusting. So. So even though Claypool could get some of those more intermediate routes, I just feel like there's better suited players for that. There's really no need. I like Claypool as kind of the deep threat, the mix things up and just kill you with size and speed kind of guy. So even though I feel like he could do that, I I still don't think he's the best guy for that job and they have other options. Yeah. And this is strange to me too. Just one final note that I want to say on that third receiver or that deep receiver role. I mean, Claypool is showing right out of the box that he's ready to play in the NFL. And it's kind of taken Washington three years to kind of ramp up the speed. Yep. So, I mean, we're going to start having this conversation maybe in a couple of weeks. Should Claypool be manning that Z receiver slot? Yeah. It's definitely a conversation worth having. I mean, yeah. we, I, mean, I, I like what, I like what Washington's doing this year. I love that same. touchdown that he had that Heinz Ward esque touchdown where he dives, never seen somebody dive completely in the air horizontally hit somebody hit the ground, then take two people. Still make it in. Yeah. Yeah. It's never, it was, I've never seen that. It was That's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about before the season, how the Steelers just have an abundance of riches in the receiving game. And it's absolutely proven to be the case so far, even though none of them, well, Deontay's stats are pretty, pretty, pretty good right now, but none of them have like eye popping, ridiculous stats. Yeah. But they just complement each other so well. So nobody's really going to put up that 1700 yard season or anything but they're all going to work together so well and keep defenses on their toes, which is, you know, for the team, that's what you want. Hunter, we know how to waste an hour in the best possible way talking about the Steelers. Thank you so much for being my partner in crime yet again. Awesome job. And anytime, like, obviously, thanks for being here. And I I love having you, man. Sure, dude. Same. That one felt faster than most. I don't know. That that went super fast. I guess as the year goes, we're just going to have more and more to talk about. So by the end of the season, this might be a six hour podcast, guys. Hope you guys like it. (laughs) I'm trying to hold it in an hour, guys. I'm trying. I know my my boss is telling me 45 minutes. I'm like, I'll try to get it to an hour because we are good at talking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So guys, follow us again. We'll be back here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Tuesdays at three o'clock following the presser. We're going to be here doing it live on Twitter. Thank you for joining us there. Live on Facebook. Thank you for joining us there. It's going to be uploaded on YouTube here soon. And also the podcast will be released within an hour on all of the podcast uploading platforms. So follow Hunter on Twitter and Instagram at Hunter A. Homestek. That's at H-U-N-T-E-R-A-H-O-M-I-S-T-E-K. And I will see you soon, bro. Yeah, man. Can't wait for next week. Hopefully with another win to talk about. (laughs) I know. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Visit our title sponsor at Total Sports Enterprises on Twitter at Total Sports ENT or to be part of their signed merch giveaways done every week. You two can get great, unique gifts on the SteelerNation.com page. Sign up, get some great t-shirts. We got the six-pack champion shirt. We got the champions spelled with y-i-n-z we got the renegade yo mama shirt and we got lots of fun stuff there so make sure you go over to steelernation.com click on the gear page get geared up for our tailgates and 
SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steeler content on the internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click the forum button to be part of the best football discussion on the internet. Subscribe to the SteelerNation.com YouTube channel to be first to know about our live vidcasts and video uploads because I do break down a lot of coaching film as well. I got a couple up right now, which are going to be some articles coming here soon. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast or follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SN striker striker spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by total sports enterprises. I'm your host G striker with Hunter Homestack rooting along with you as always go Steelers. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening day bonuses and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.